0: Hello again, Broncos country. Hope you guys are still riding the high off that LA Chargers win because it was a good one. Thank you for tuning in to the Broncos Orange Weekly pregame podcast, obviously brought to you by Orange Weekly. We've been working hard to get you the best products we possibly can, and I hope that we can do that again for you this time. On this episode, Matt and myself will break down what that... Chargers win means and going into another two loss team against the Pittsburgh Steelers and what this means for the Broncos' future. Also, we give you a little bit of insight on what we think is happening around the NFL and a couple games to watch for this week. So sit back, relax, grab a beer unless you're driving. Wouldn't recommend that in any way, shape, or form. But if you're not driving, hey, grab a beer and enjoy the pregame podcast brought to you by Weekly. Man. I'm right. All right, welcome back once again, Broncos country. Thanks again for listening in. As always, I'm joined by one of the best co-hosts, if not the best co host in podcast history, Matt. Hey, hey, Matt, how you doing today, man?
1: Oh, man, I'm blushing right now. You're so sweet.
0: Oh, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. You have any uh, big plans for this? Uh, I'd say American Thanksgiving weekend.
1: Um, my goodness, I can't say I do up here in uh, Canada. We uh, our Thanksgiving's long gone. It's usually the second weekend of October. Um, so this weekend, I don't know. Hopefully, there'll be some some Black Friday deals I can take advantage of. But otherwise, just uh, reading a bunch of academic articles and and making you know sense out of papers and stuff like that. So a boring one for me. How about you? But, and you get to
0: take advantage of not only the Black Friday deals, but the Thursday football,
1: mm-hmm. even though your
0: Thanksgiving was back in, for some reason, having two holidays in October just makes sense to, in Canada, I guess, huh?
1: It really does. I mean, we take the, you know, we, we do what we can, um, but, you know, I'm not really looking forward to this Thursday game, because as I sort of unfortunately admitted, I'm a Falcons fan, and they're playing the Saints right now, so... I don't even know if I'm going to watch that game, I, you know, I don't I don't know how I feel about my, my team being bullied around with, you know, probably against the best team in the league right now, it's going to be a tough one to watch, but, you know, hopefully uh, you'll be able to, to enjoy your holiday and, and watch the Dirty Birds get smacked around a bit.
0: Hey, hey you never know, you, you could probably stop Drew Brees in that 50 points every game offense.
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah, and then I'll, I'll start growing hair, we'll <laughs> to that. For those who don't know, I am bald, so, you know, it's about us, yeah. When when pigs fly is what we'll say. Gotcha.
0: All right. Well, let's let's go back to what we're here for. We're here to to pregame the uh, Broncos' upcoming game against the Steelers, which uh, is supposed to be a huge game. And, and I want to just start off b- before we get into the numbers, like we normally like to do. I, I do want to mention that we did come off of a, a big win against the Chargers last week and uh, might have some momentum going. How much of that momentum do we think is is going to go into this uh, this Pittsburgh game?
1: Huge amount. Like, uh, you know, I I, would talk, I spoke very highly of the Chargers last week, given that they've been on such a long winning streak and they were sort of under the radar in terms of their performance. And the Broncos came out and they got a win. You know, It was a bit of a sloppy win, but it's a win nonetheless. And I think that if the Broncos are able to bring that same attitude and performance and resiliency that they brought with the Chargers, I think they have a really good chance of matching up against the Steelers.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and and we mentioned it. We both said it on the last podcast. Good teams figure out ways to win games. And it was something that we were missing yeah. and something that came through to us. If you guys want to hear a full breakdown of the Chargers Broncos games, go ahead and go over and listen to uh, Tanner. And I believe Jay is joining him this week. So that is uh, bound to be a good one. Jay is our resident athletic trainer, so I'm sure they'll talk about the injuries. Uh, not that we have too many. We have some bumps and bruises going on right now, but nothing crazy. So uh, make, make sure you guys go listen to those, make sure you follow and like them, uh, as well as uh, you know, follow us here on the postgame podcast. But let's let's go ahead and get into this Pittsburgh game and what we're supposed to be expecting from this Pittsburgh game because it's 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 supposed to be big. Let's let's just start off with the big news from this week is that we did waive veteran cornerback Pac-Man Jones from the team. Uh, do you see that hurting the Broncos, helping the Broncos? What, what do you see from that that wave?
1: Um, I don't know. I, like you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's not uh, he's not a starting corner, right? He played like some nickel and some support, roles. right?
0: Yeah, no, he was just a nickel corner, yeah. right? And he, I think he right. he was like, he no. was returning punts for us for a little bit, but I think that has got swept out as well
1: okay um you know adam jones is a player who's been you know in and out of this league for a long time Uh, he's a really reliable corner he's a veteran presence too and he's got a good attitude about him i like the way he plays and to be honest you know i think it's going to hurt the broncos more than help when you when you release a a veteran player like this sort of mid-season without any clear explanation or clear event that happened that led up to this I think it's going to have some negative connotations. You know, I personally don't know what happened. Um, If you do, please shed some light on it, but I just don't see this as being a positive experience for the defense.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I don't know for sure what's going on, but I know that there's a lot of talk of, uh, Brandon Langley, maybe coming back from the IR as well as, uh, Bradley Roby, who's been in concussion protocol coming back. And that also means that they have a lot of faith in Isaac Yadam and Tremaine Brock to be those other corners on opposite of, of Chris Harris there. But, uh, yeah, I think that veteran presence, like you said, really was starting to make a dif- difference on that defense that needed that veteran, vocal veteran presence. Um, but obviously, they they saw something in Bradley Roby coming back and, and these young guys, and they want them to create their own team. And I think that's where they're going. And, and you got to think about it. Jones is 35 years old. Um, you know, he, he had a, a decent few games with us, and he did what he was came here to do. He filled the role of... Of a of a corner that we needed in that nickel nickel selection, and I think they're just uh, they're just ready to move on.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that might be it, you know. But I, I don't know. It's kind of weird these these situations. Like to release a mid season like this, there must have been something that happened. Um, otherwise, you want to keep these veteran players along, right. you know, as long as you can. Um, this is really good depth. Even though he's 35, you know, he he's done a lot more than he's got left in the NFL. But still, he's He's a reliable corner, and, you know, it, it, I'm sad to see him go. I, I think he was playing quite well this year, given the role he had. Right. So
0: what, going on to this Steelers game, I know I've mentioned that twice now. Going on to the Steelers game, what are the implications of this game for the Broncos that you see? What, what do you think this game means to not only the Denver Broncos, uh, Broncos country, but uh, obviously the hot topic of the entire year in Vance Joseph?
1: Well, um, given the win against the Chargers, um, because <clears throat> I personally didn't see this coming. I thought it was going to be you know, a Chargers game in the bag. But given that win, I think the Broncos now have a very promising next six games. The Steelers are they a very good team. We'll talk more about them, I guess, in a second here. But you know, after them it's the Bengals, the Niners, the Browns, and the Raiders, and then the Chargers last game of the season. We've beat the Chargers once, being twice always difficult. But Bengals, Browns, Niners, and Raiders – These are very beatable games. Uh, sorry, very winnable games for for the Broncos. So if they can come in and, and win against the Steelers, that's huge. You know, that almost sets them up for, you know, going five and one, you know, maybe even six and oh, four and two down the stretch, right? Which is really where they need to be. It'd be great to see the Broncos finish above uh, 8-8, you know, and actually have a winning record this year. That'd be really good for Vance Joseph. And I think if he can bring out a winning record, I think that he, he might even retain his job for next year. Or if not, <clears> He'll <throat> have good prospects for another job this year if the Broncos do release him. Um, but if they win against the Steelers, I think it just keeps the momentum going and it shows that the Broncos are for real. But the asterisk on that is, you know, the like we've talked about many weeks here, it's the Broncos seem to play up to certain teams and down to others. So they might come out and play great against the Steelers, but who knows what's going to happen in the games after. But this Steelers game is a must win. Um, You know, it's setting them up for success down the road and they, they need to come and and, and be ready and, and host the Steelers and and bring out a win for Broncos for for Denver for this whole fan base who's just craving a winning season and success you know with this team that they haven't had in a couple of years now so there's a lot of implications
0: with this upcoming game absolutely coming out of the bye week and beating a two loss team to begin with gives you a little bit of swagger and a little bit of motivation going Huge. through this season but coming out and winning two games in a row against only two two. Two lost teams. I think that would be huge. I think that is uh, setting an example, setting the, the stone saying, hey, we came out of this bye week ready to win football games and we can go forward using that. And uh, I, I think that's what the implications are for this game. If we lose this game, I think we slide back to our old pre-bye week self. Um, I don't really want to get into that because everybody knows I'm the optimist of the Orange Weekly staff here. Um, I've been <laughs> saying we're going 6-0 out of the bye week since the bye week started. So uh, obviously I want to see us go 6-0 coming out of it. But I also know that if we do lose this game against Pittsburgh, I think we're going to go back to the you know maybe a 4-4 four and four in the second half or 4-2. and uh, maybe two or. Three and three in the second half of the season. Um, I just don't. I just don't see us making that push unless we we win this game. Which I'm going to say it right off the bat. This is probably our most important game of the season going forward.
1: Oh yeah, every week is going to be the most important game of the season, regardless of where we stand for these players and this coaching staff. This these are all must wins. If Vance Joseph slides and he has a losing record this year, I can't see him making a pass Black Monday in, you know, the, the first Monday after the regular season. Um so yeah, you're right, these are huge implications that they're almost wins.
0: Uh, another thing is Pittsburgh's on a six game win streak. That's another thing that I guess huge. you know, obviously LA was as well. They're on a six game win streak, and they're on a six game win streak and get some pretty good teams including your Atlanta Falcons. Um, oh yeah. And, well, I but, well I, I'm trying to give you some credit here. Take it. All right. <laughs> um, That's right. I'll take it. Take it. <laughs> so they have, uh, they have a lot of good wins against good teams. Now, if we can come out here and show that we can keep up because Pittsburgh is a playoff team. Everybody knows that they're going to be a playoff team this year. If we can go and show that we can beat playoff caliber teams, it shows that we need to be back into that picture until then we just need to keep fighting, like you said. One game every week. We just every every week we need to go one and zero to finish out the season, and then that that'll figure it out, figure itself out from there.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the worst thing that can happen too is if they beat the Steelers and they lose against the Niners and the Raiders. Yeah. You know, it's it, like every game's a must-win here. Doesn't matter if you beat the Chargers and the Steelers. It's you know, if you play down to the poor teams, like it's. You know, this this isn't going to make anything better in your season. But, I mean, so far, I think the Broncos, they, uh, they've they stayed in tight with really big games, and, and they have some wins under their belt, and they just need to keep executing. You know, they just need to keep the momentum going, feed off each other, and, and they should have a lot of success in this, uh, this next stretch. The, the issue, too, is that the Steelers are 4-0-1 on the road. And that, like, tie against the Browns, it was like week one, and a tie is, you know, let's consider a potential win, too. Um, so they're really good on the road. You know, so this is a big test for the Broncos to for for the Steelers to come here and to Mile High and to to play a big game in order to beat them. It's it's a big test. There's a lot of pressure on them, and I hope they're feeling a sense of the pressure too, just to stay motivated and to understand that this is not time to slack. A losing record doesn't mean a a a season that's over, right? There's still a lot of football left.
0: Absolutely. and you mentioned this is very important. Yeah, they're four zero and one away from home, but. Broncos are home, and and while we don't have a great record, two and three at home this year, it is a home game for us. And unlike you know the LA game, which is also kind of a home game for us, um, we will have that home field advantage. And I think that after a big win, that the fan base is going to be into it. They're going to be loud, and they're going to be proud, and hopefully that keeps us in the game and gets us that motivation to go down. Because I fully, you know, I I was telling you a little bit, I, I was at that game and. The, the whole stadium was very quiet in the entire L.A. game until the Von Miller interception. And as soon as Von Miller intercepted, the, the stadium came alive with Broncos fans. There was so much orange in the stadium. It was so loud. And I felt like, obviously this is from a fan's point of view, but I felt like they fed off that energy, especially on that last drive with Cortland Sutton catching that ball over the middle, that that energy really brought that game together. So if Broncos can do it again in mile eye you know, we we finally figured out that we can win games at the end if we try, and I and that that's what it's going to come down to in this game. But let's get a little bit into the numbers while we're talking about this. So um, they're very very even numbers. Points per game are almost dead dead even. Um, total yards, they have a little bit more total yards. Their offense is a little bit more explosive. You know, with Ben Roethlisberger um, and their rookie running back doing very well. Do you think Ben Roethlisberger is is going to have a better game, or do you think that rookie running back is going to?
1: Um, well, just, just to correct you, he's a second-year running back. Oh, but I mean, right. playing behind Le'Veon Bell last year, he just, you know, he's pretty much a rookie, given that uh, this is his real first season. Um, well, I'm very impressed with James Conner. I think he, he's playing way better than anybody expected him to, and I think he's um, hes a big reason, too, why Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell hasn't been signed. You know what I mean? The Steelers are still winning games without Le'Veon, and they're a bit more balanced. Um, you know Le'Veon Bell I'm not dismissing his talent or his impact in the game however James Conner has alleviated a lot of the pressure in that contract dispute so I think he's really made the most of his opportunity I think he's a really really good running back as well he's had you know three games consecutive this year with over 100 yards, as I can see here. But he's, he's played just really well. Last week, he didn't have as much of a good game, nine attempts, 25 yards. But the Steelers were down 16-0 quite early, um, so they just had to resort to the pass and become more explosive. But, you know, Big Ben is just – he's a Hall of Famer. He's got great receivers too in Juju Smith-Schuster. He's another second-year player. Yeah. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown has 11 touchdowns this year and he's also got 11 catches above uh, 20 yards. So it just goes to show his explosiveness. You know, he's averaging 80 yards uh, per game. He's averaging 13 yards per catch. So it's, you know, same with Smith-Schuster. These two are very close together in terms of receptions and and, and averages. Uh, Smith-Schuster only has 3 touchdowns, but you know, these are still very good players. So uh, Big Ben's got a great offense, great offensive line too. Really stout offensive line, and, and we don't talk much about these guys, but it's, you know, Villanueva and Foster, Pouncey, DeCastro, Gilbert. All these five are really you know, outstanding players. So Ben Roethlisberger is in a good position. He's really good at dissecting a defense, and he's tough, man. Oh, I've seen him take big hits, and he just keeps going. So it's, you know, kudos to him. He's a big challenge. Uh, but you know, we have to owe him the res- we have to give him the respect he, he deserves. He's a Hall of Fame player, and he's uh, he's proving it this year with his effort on the field and, and the way he's commanding the Steelers.
0: Yeah, and this is kind of our worst case uh, scenario. Any any we have to play these big, high powered air air raid offenses uh, with, with such great receivers like Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown, um, our our secondary has been lacking this year. And that's going to be what they're going to attack. And, you know, they have great coaching staff over there that's going to try to take advantage of it. So you're right. Ben Roethlisberger, I fully expect him to have a field day with our secondary. Uh, it's how we can control that and how well we can control that and manage that um, in game management. And I think that's going to be what makes a difference in this game.
1: Absolutely. And I think the Broncos really need to bring into the Steelers defense um the steelers defense is having a good year you know they're number six in total yards they're in the top 10 for total points allowed um rushing per game they're sitting at number nine they allow 99 yards so you know let's call it 100 yards a game um passing they're also quite tight. they allow 230 yards a game so this is a very well coached and and disciplined defense um they're playing really well across the board so you know it's going to be up to keenum and and this you know young-ish, revitalized receiving core to come in and make a dent and allow guys like philip Lindsay to to just explode and, and do what they do best um so you know there's a big test for the broncos defense there's also a big test for the broncos offense so not to be you know pessimistic about this game but it's going to take the best performance out of every player on this field For the Broncos to come out and win. Yeah,
0: but you know what I finally saw in that LA game that we've been all waiting for is Case Keenum to finally become in sync with some of these receivers. You know, him and Emmanuel Sanders have had it all year, but him and Cortland Sutton are catching on. Like he's finally getting these passes right where it needs to be. Um, He's he's making these connections right where they need to be, and uh, I think that that is starting to come together. Obviously, you know maybe it's uh, 10 games too late, but I-, I think that it's finally starting to come together. And like you're, you like you said, we really need to be on our top of our game because we are a time management offense. And that's as, as yeah. much as we all want to be the Rams offense or even the Pittsburgh offense and score. Every time we touch the ball, we're a time management offense. We're game managers, which is why all of our games have been so close. So if we can manage the field and keep Ben off the field as much as possible, then we have a very good shot at winning this game. It's the three and outs that going to kill us. If if we give them uh, the ball over and over again, they're going to make us pay for it. We need to hold on to the ball and hold on to that time, that uh, clock management.
1: It's going to be very important considering that uh, Steelers are leading the league in sacks right now. They've got 37. Uh, they're led by T.J. Watt, which is, you know given his pedigree, not a surprise – younger brother of J.J. Watt. Um, but, you know, they've got multiple players and multiple sacks. You know Bud Dupree's got four and a half. Javon Hargrave's got five. Uh, John Bostig, the leading tackler, he's got two and a half. You know, it's, so it's there's a lot of pressure coming from all different places, mostly by T.J. Watt. But, you know, this is the team that sacks the most in the league. So the Broncos offensive line is going to need to be on point. Whoever's playing against uh, T.J. Watt, they're probably Garrett Bowles. Is going to really need to have the game of his life to to slow down this pass rush. Yeah,
0: well, I kind of hope it's Garrett Bolds because I mean our offensive line is already struggling as it is. You know, we still have a lot of people on the uh, IR. Three of our starting, yeah. uh, original starting five are on IR right now, so it's it's a mm-hmm. tough, it's definitely a tough uphill battle for those that offensive line. But you know what? Last week they played pretty well, and Joey Bosa was in the game, and they they held him to a pretty good, uh, pretty good game. So yeah. Yeah, that's, that's Again, we, we don't mention it very often, and I think we had one podcast where we mentioned it for like half of the podcast, but um, uh, <laughs> the, the offensive line, they really deserve a lot of credit for, for any success that the Broncos do have. And, and honestly, the, the losses that we've had have not really been their fault either. So I, I think that so far this year, the most improved, like you said a couple of weeks ago, the most improved offensive line in the NFL has got to be the Denver Broncos
1: oh hugely and 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 they're proving it too uh you know i i think keenum is really fine. like you said he's finding the timing and the chemistry with his receivers right now um that should translate over into next year the final year of his contract as well so you know the broncos you can tell they're getting better um however it's you know they got to keep the momentum going this offensive line is well improved and now with three injuries it's it's it, it becomes almost more stressful every week but the two tackles are still there and they're bookending this line pretty well so hopefully they keep the momentum going yeah cuz they didn't even allow a sack by the chargers right so that's that's really impressive no sacks that's that's a great game
0: yeah no i mean it was great and and the chargers defensive line which is known for we we talked about it last week on the oh, pregame that yeah. they they're known for getting to the quarterback so on a on a beat up offensive line to play the way they did and to find a way to win it, that was uh that was huge.
1: And the week before they allowed one sack to JJ Watt and one sack to Jadavian Clowney. Right. And that's pretty good too, because those guys are they're not scrubs. You know, so only to allow two sacks to two all pros or you know, co- collectively, um, that's also a, a pretty, pretty good performance. So the, the Broncos' offensive line is, is pass-protecting pass protecting a lot better than they were last year, and it's, it's paying dividends. It's also opening up a lot of running lanes. Philip Lindsay is – every week he seems to get better, and he's more and more unstoppable. So it's you know – just got to keep this momentum going, and they can definitely slow down the Steelers. Take advantage of uh, some of the weaknesses on defense. Hopefully, Artie Burns is playing a lot, and they can expose him. Right. And, uh, and it should work out for him, you know?
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's what they're doing. Obviously, they're studying that film right now. They're getting real close to that film, studying it real hard. So hopefully that's what they come to come to find, and we, we see a great game. I, I think either way we're going to see a great game on Sunday, and getting in a little bit to our, our predictions without getting too far into it uh, – I think it's it's going to be very similar to what I said last week, which, by the by the way, for the record, I was super close last week on my prediction. Very close. Um, yes, you were. Yeah, I said, what, 24 to 21, I think is what I said. End ended up being 23-22. But I did get that we were going to kick a last-minute field goal to win the game and finally show Broncos country and themselves, give them a little bit of, of confidence to themselves that they can finish games, and that's how to do it. Um, so with that being said, now that I'm kind of the rain man taking over <laughs> um, uh, I think, I do think this is also going to be a very close game again. Uh, I don't see it coming down to a last minute field goal. I, I see it coming down to probably the last four minutes someone's going to score, and that'll be the last score of the game. The defenses are just too high powered. I think that, uh, if, if we give Ben Roethlisberger a chance to win the game with the receiving weapons he has, he will finish the game. He's going to win it. So we just got to make sure that we can get up by enough points early in the game. Um, as always, I, I always recommend that we're going to go 6-0 after the uh, after the bye. So we're going to go 1-0 every week. I think the Broncos are going to win this, uh, but I think it's going to take a high-scoring effort from the Broncos, and I think it's going to be a 31-28 to score. 31 to twenty eight. Thirty-one to twenty-eight. I think the I think the Steelers are going to score on us. I think that's inde- inevitable. But I think that we really need to score. And I know I mentioned a couple weeks ago that I was never going to uh, say that we're going to score over thirty again. But uh, I, I think that's what's going to take. I think it's going to take us to have a high-scoring game, and we're going to have to stop them on on our de- defense. Going to have to stop them.
1: Okay, cool. That's that's not bad. I'm gonna I'm gonna dial it a little bit back from you. Um, I don't think it's going to be such a high-scoring game. I think the defenses are going to come in big here. Um, I do think, unfortunately, you're going to hate me for this again, as usual. I think the Steelers do squeeze out a win, and I think it's going to be in the same fashion as they did against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, at the end of the day, I think they're a bit more of a complete team and a bit more veteran-led, and they're experienced in these tough games. I think it's going to help them claw their way through. Um, but I think that the Steelers are going to win 24-23. to 23. I think it's going to be a really tight one. And it's going to take a comeback from Ben Roethlisberger to come and win this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I just the
0: only thing I don't like about this this Pittsburgh Steelers team, and for the past couple of years, obviously they're on a uh, five in a row uh, or six in a row win streak, but they're just so uh, one way or the other. I mean, the only two yeah. losses they have are Kansas City and Baltimore, and then they came back and beat Baltimore again the next time they played them in very close games. Um, and then they have a couple blowouts here and there, but some of the teams that they're getting close against, I mean, Jacksonville, they only beat by four points, uh, Cincinnati, they only beat by a touchdown towards the end of the game. Like these, these games that they're winning, these close games aren't against these, these high powered teams. Yeah. And, uh, I, I just, sometimes you just see it. You look at the scoreboard and all of a sudden they're down 14, nothing. And hopefully that's the case for us and we can control that clock and, and finish it out. But, um, yeah, that's what we're going to need to do, obviously.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the defense has been a little bit up and down for the Steelers. They allowed 42 against the Chiefs, but, uh, you know, the Falcons, they do have a really high-powered offense. They only allowed 17 points. And against the Panthers, they only allowed 21 points. You know, so they they have some some good moments, but you're right. They're kind of like the Broncos in that sense that they sort of play down to some teams and they play Mm -hmm. up to others. Uh, So, you know, I think that, that's going to play into it. And I think that's why it's going to be a little bit more of a defensive tighter game. I think, you know, each team might score like once, you know, a field goal or touchdown per quarter. So it's going to be a bit of a back and forth ordeal, but uh, you know, I think the Steelers, they could be in the same position as the Broncos at three and six, you know, given a few twists and turns here and there, you know, they could have lost to the Browns the first week. Uh, you know, they could have lost to the Buccaneers only one by three. Right. So it could have gone, a lot differently for the Steelers this year. They could be in the same position as the Broncos. So I think they're very comparable teams. The only difference is I think the Steelers just have that element of veteranship and and experience and grit that the Broncos are lacking. And that's just given the the leadership. You know, Mike Tomlin's been around. He's won Super Bowls. You know, Ben Roethlisberger's won Super Bowls. Antonio Brown's just, you know, he's he's an outstanding player. Juju Smith-Schuster He's an outstanding player. These guys are elite receivers, and it's, so they have this this dynamic that you know the Broncos might not have, um, but they're trying to build. So I think that gives an advantage to the Steelers because they're just overall a great team. You know, they're in the top four in the AFC, and it's it's hard to sort of bring them back down from that level, just given their their history and their ability to to, to keep winning because of that experience.
0: Right, and that and that veteran status they're on that tail end of that veteran status too to dial that back a little bit you know once ben roethlisberger leaves you got some of these guys in there you know getting up there in age uh their offensive lines getting a little older um you know they're in that they're towards the end of their dynasty and uh something we talked about a little bit last week and they're towards the end of this dynasty and and we're from what it looks like trying to start one again bring it back to to the beginning so i think you're right i think that uh that veteran status and that veteran leadership might might play a difference but I hope it doesn't.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean if we look at the Steelers next 6 games, you know, they could easily have a losing record for the rest of the year here. I mean, the absolutely. Broncos, the Chargers after that, the Raiders, I mean everybody's beating the Raiders, but then the Pats and Saints back to back, those are going to yeah. be big games and then the Bengals to end uh, to end the year, right? So it's the Steelers have a tough road ahead, um, so if the Broncos can play spoiler and come in and prove me wrong here and beat the Steelers, then I think it could uh, it could turn the tables a little bit in the AFC. If the Steelers start performing poorly and, and, say, the Ravens start playing well, who knows what could happen, right? They could completely miss the playoffs because, you know, they're only 7-2, and two, Ravens are 5-5. Five and five. These are you know, still pretty close given the, where we are in the season right now, so a yeah. lot can happen, and the Broncos should be right now the team to play spoiler all the time. They should be the trap game, because yeah. they they are a lot better than the record shows, and they need to start proving it, right? Absolutely, I think that's that's the big
0: point. There is I I never want to say that we're the trap team because you know for the longest time we always played the trap team, but yeah. it's possible. I mean, we we are playing a lot better than not only. Others and other fans see, but even in analysts, they're they're looking at us and all they see is the record, and they don't see the talent that we really have out there. Everyone keeps mentioning Va- Von Miller, who obviously is one of our best players, but we have a lot of talent out there that can really take over games if we need them to. So, oh,
1: absolutely.
0: I do want to talk a little bit more about some other games in the NFL towards the end, but before we get to that, uh, let's bring it over to our Orange Weekly staff and find out what they think is going to happen in this mile-high game on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Take it away, guys. What's up, Broncos country? It's Tanner Lee here, host of the Orange Weekly Post Game podcast. Our Broncos are coming off a really big win over division rival uh, L.A. Chargers. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers coming to town with a record of 7-2-1, one, one of the AFC juggernauts. It's going to be a tough game, but I like, uh, I like the Broncos to pull off an upset at home in front of a raucous mile-high crowd. Let's go by a score of 27-21 Broncos.
1: Hey, y'all, it's Ray from the Beers, Broncos, and No BS Show in the halftime hash. I think last week's win against the Charter galvanized this team, and we're looking at a 30-27 win. Broncos beat the Steelers this Sunday at mile high, and the Broncos move that much closer to 500. Go Broncos!
0: Hey, guys. Kev Dan here, and you know what? I was completely wrong about my score prediction last week, and I'm okay with that. As long as it ends in a Broncos win, I can't complain. So this week, I think we're going to be able to keep that momentum moving forward. We're playing Pittsburgh in Denver, and we know Big Ben hasn't historically been very good on the road. Just look at what he did last week in Tennessee. It's not very good for him. So as long as we can continue to contain Big Ben, prevent Connor from having a huge, big breakout run game, I think we'll be good. It'll be a good, strong game for the Broncos. So my score prediction is going to be Broncos 27, Pittsburgh 17. And with that being said, guys, thanks a lot, and go Broncos. Hello, Bronco fans. This is Jason from Orange Weekly After Dark. A really tough game coming up against the Pittsburgh Steelers as they come to Mile High. It's going to be another tough battle. It's going to be another close game. Unfortunately, I'm not sure the Broncos can pull off another win like they did this past week. And so, I want to give Pittsburgh Steelers the edge. I want to say Steelers win, 24 to 22. What's going on, Broncos country? This is David with the Beers Broncos and No BS show. Big win last week in Los Angeles, and we follow it up with another tough game in what's my favorite week of the year, Color Rush week. Um, it's the Steelers coming to town this week, and it's a tough matchup, Broncos country. I'd love to pred- be able to predict a win, but I think we are going to lose another close one this time. I think it's going to be 30 to 27 Steelers. Hope I'm wrong, and as always, go Broncos. All right, thank you from the Orange Weekly staff. Thank you guys so much for those inputs. Um, you know, we, we like doing the uh, inputs each and every week, and, and we really enjoy that you guys uh, tune in each and every week to listen to those. So thank you guys for those. Um, we're we're going to go ahead and move on a little bit from, uh, from that Bronco game. Let's, let's talk about what game, other than this Broncos-Pittsburgh game, do you, are you looking forward to the most this week?
1: That's a good question. Yeah. Um... There's not a lot of high-profile high games this year, excuse me. Um, but I'll mention two. I'll mention one, the, the Redskins and the Cowboys. I think this is a very interesting game given the incredibly unfortunate injury to Alex Smith. Um, you know, my heart broke when I saw him get hurt. I really like him as a player, as a person. And I, you know, I want to see how Colt McCoy is going to do and if the cowboys win here the entire nfc east is going to be completely twisted around so anything can happen here especially the eagles are playing the giants too so these are big games but the one i'm really looking forward to the most um is, is probably the titans at texans um for two reasons one i haven't really watched a lot of these teams this year so i'm excited to see what they're all about but the texans are also in a seven game winning streak that's outstanding I think it was only the uh, the Saints had more of a, a, sorry, a bigger winning streak with yeah they won 9 but otherwise it's the Texans they've won 7 in a row you know they started 0 and 3 and here they are at 7 and 3 so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a little bit of why that is their defense is playing well their offense is managing it well too they're they're reducing their errors and uh, it's kind of cool to see the Texans on such a big winning streak so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, these two teams on on Monday night football how about you
0: yeah, well, I, on that Texans note, I was I picked up uh, Demarius Thomas because you know I, I still like the guy. I still think he's a stand up gentleman. I think he's a great football player. Um, I picked him up in my uh, my DraftKings this week, and uh, he got me nothing. He's, yeah. They did not use him last week, unfortunately. Yeah. So I, I you know I kind of want to watch that game. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing if uh, Demarius Thomas can get a little bit more into the uh, into the game than he has in the past, but. I think the big game, there's a couple of games I kind of want to watch, but I think the big one's going to be Sunday night, uh, Green Bay, Minnesota. Their yeah. records don't show how good each one of these teams are, but, you know, anytime you get Aaron Rodgers out on that uh, football field and, you know, Minnesota's been playing a lot less, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, good. Um, yeah. <laughs> vocabulary. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my uh, college education there. Uh, no, they, um, <laughs> they, they haven't been playing very well, right? So... Uh, but yeah. that game, that game is going to have huge implications for that uh, that division. You know, Chicago is playing very well. That defense is unstoppable. They're on. Uh, they play on um, on Thanksgiving. Uh, versus Detroit So that's another game Those two are both NFC North Huge NFC North games That I'm, I'm really Looking forward to seeing And I, I, I've been watching Chicago a lot lately uh, It's my uh, My hometown team I guess you could say I was originally born And you know My, my whole family Chicago fans So uh, as much as I, I, I Can't stand a lot of them um, <laughs> They uh they 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 do have a very good team. they have a very stout defense and Mitchell trubisky. you know I wanted the Broncos to grab him so bad, but he 's such a such a great quarterback, and I love watching his mechanics and the way he does things yeah. um, he's, he's just he's, he's just so sound
1: when he when he's out of the pocket, I did not know like realize how athletic and fast he was, so it's really cool to to see that second dimension of him. yeah and you
0: know when i 'm showing uh showing some of my high school quarterbacks when i 'm showing them. Some some film of some of these guys, obviously Aaron Rodgers as a pocket quarterback, it's just his mechanics and how fast he gets the ball up. But I'm starting to show him guys like Ms. Trubisky, who is, you know, that taller guy, but he gets out of the pocket so well. And he his yeah. his uh, pocket awareness is just so good that you can't match it. So, you know, I'm showing some of these guys like if you have the footwork down, if you have this other stuff down, the rest will come. You just have to watch him. And and if you ever look up some of Mitch Trubisky's like uh, practice routines and stuff and pregame routines, he's he's just a great player. And, you know, I have so much respect Mm -hmm. for that guy.
1: Yeah. And he's getting better too. Like I was a little doubtful on him last year, but this year to see him, you know, play really well with his new receivers. uh, It's, it's really promising for Chicago. I think Chicago is a franchise that's never had like their franchise quarterback. Like, you know, for, for example, like the, the 49ers had Joe Montana, the Packers had Brett Favre, the, you know, the Bears have had like Steve McMahon, but Never that big name, you know. To them, it's more the defenses and the running backs. So it's nice to yeah. see Chicago finally getting like a stand-up franchise quarterback. Um, interestingly enough, though, to the Vikings-Packers game, the first time they played this year, they tied. So you know, right. this this will be an interesting one to watch because there's a little bit of bad blood there. It's like we tied each other last time. Like we got to find out who's better, you or me, right? So yeah. I think it's going to be um, this is going to be a very competitive game. I'm glad it's it's prime time as well, and uh, it'll be really fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. as we're probably gonna get ready to wrap up this podcast, uh, Matt, do you have anything uh, else you want to add before? Uh... Actually, you know what? No, I, I did want to mention this. I, I was gonna mention this earlier. You know, so uh, Matt, me and you met while we were coaching up in Canada, up in Ottawa. Uh, sure. That's that's how we originally met. And the Ottawa Redblacks, so the Canadian Football League, are heading to the Grey Cup. So again. I want to give a shout out again. And so uh, if for you guys that don't know, you know, obviously a lot of people don't follow the Canadian Football League. But uh, the Red Blacks, Ottawa has only had a team. They were without a team for, what, 10 years? I think they
1: they, yeah, they fell time.
0: out for 10 years. There was no team. Um, I'd like to say it was because of me. But as soon as I moved up to, to Canada, <laughs> they got a team that first year. They did OK. The second year, they went to the Grey Cup and won it. Yeah. Uh, the third year they went to the Grey Cup again, and I think this is their th- their third time to the Grey Cup in the last four years. Uh, being a brand new a brand new team in the CFL, so you know I had season tickets while I was up there, and there you know the Canadian Football League is definitely. Uh, a very fun and, and crazy passing league basically. Um, yeah. But uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. And I'm very proud of those red blocks. I'm, I'm, I just wanted to mention that it's really cool to see that they're going to the great cup. And uh, if it wasn't for the Bronco game, I'm going to still watch the great cup, but I'm also going to be wearing my, uh, my red Blacks Jersey um, as long as it doesn't uh, coincide with that Broncos game.
1: Yeah. It uh, should. Sure. There's, <laughs> there's still plenty of time, I think, but um, no, yeah. that's, that's a good thing. Like the CFL is very unique in the sense that there's nine teams. It's a lot tighter, um, there's three downs as well to you know as you alluded to a very high passing league. it's you know th- the game is completely different than than uh, what we see in the NFL and it's really fun to watch I think it's very underrated too unfortunately um, not, nonetheless though it's very impressive to, t- to see such a new team come out and you know be part of the, the, the champions you know for literally three out of four years that's that's outstanding and the team they're playing against the Calgary Stampeders they're, they've also been to the great cup three out of the four years here you know this is uh, actually yeah. a rematch from two years ago uh, so it's it's pretty cool to see that you know these powerhouses in the Canadian League um, the, the Red Blacks are very big part of Ottawa uh, Calgary Stampeders are very big part of Calgary and it's um, yeah it's, it's just a, it's a great environment too I mean I'm, I'm, I don't think a lot of our listeners watch CFL but if you want to tune into more of a unique version of football then you know do it it's for the great cup it's going to be a, it's going to be a really good one it's, it's, yeah. you know, it might even be in the snow which is also pretty cool to watch yeah.
0: Uh, where is the Great Cup this year? It's in Edmonton, it's,
1: right? It's in Edmonton. For those who don't know, Edmonton is a city sort of like north central Alberta, and Alberta is sort of north of Montana, you know, that sort of area, right? So Edmonton is a very like blue collar town. Um, it's it's where the the Oilers play, and you know, any, if any hockey fans are listening to us, the Oilers mm-hmm. have Wayne Gretzky for a long time. He is the greatest hockey player ever. Uh, and the Edmonton eskimos the cfl team is also the team that warren moon played for for the right. years that uh, that he won a lot of championships for the cfl so edmonton is it was it used to be known as a city of champions believe it or not uh, you know, it used to be a team where the, the trophies would just come around every year almost. And uh, so it's, you know, it's a very historic team. Um, but outside of sports, you know, it's a small-ish community. They have uh, one of the biggest malls in North America, fun fact. And, <laughs> um, yeah, it's very cold and snowy. So hopefully this, uh, this great Cup is going to be in the cold and the snow and it's going to be gritty and uh, a really fun game to watch. So for those of you who want to tune into it, please do. It's on November 25th. It'll be in the evening time and it'll be a good one.
0: You know, when when you have guys like Warren Moon and Wayne Gretzky playing for your city, I think you get to be called the city of champions. I think that's just you're allowed to have that at that point.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. That's I mean, there's there's a lot of history in this, especially for such a small community. You know, it's kind of like um, it's almost like Green Bay in the sense that Green Bay had a lot of chances for a long time, but they were a smaller community. You know, it's not like a a big hub, right, that we have in like New York and Dallas and L. A. Right. So it's nice to see these smaller communities get. get get these big big teams and big games but you know Edmonton's not playing this great Cup it's Calgary Stampeders and, and Ottawa Redblacks and it's going to be um, it's going to be a good one like Calgary's my hometown and Ottawa's where I live lived for a large part of my life too so I got to, I got a lot of riding on this game I guess <laughs> um, but yeah it, it'll be fun it's just kind of a nice break from the NFL it's a different way to play football and it's it's cool I really like it
0: yeah, it's a lot of fun and like I said me and you me and you coached up there I coached for the Canadian football there for a while and you know, it's just it's just a lot of fun it's a different type of game like you said Absolutely but. All right, well, that being said, thank you guys so much for joining in. Thank you for listening to our uh, our talk about the, the Canadian Football League. Maybe we made a, a fan out of a couple of you guys, but uh, <laughs> I, I, either way, thank you guys so much for joining in. Make sure you guys are subscribing. Make sure you guys are liking us. Uh, make sure you guys are following my Twitter. Uh, I still only have five followers, so um, – oh, sorry. I, I made one follower since this last episode. Um, <laughs> nice, nice. But uh, yeah, at Coach Jared E., go ahead and follow me on Twitter as, as well as the Orange Weekly page. Yeah. Um, Very important that you guys go follow that. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And until next week, we'll go ahead and sign this off, Matt. Go Broncos.
1: Go Broncos.